Hey there, all my soul family. So this is the host, Jason, here. Before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to give you guys a fair warning that this was my first podcast episode that was recorded via Zoom. And the audio quality, I'm not sure if it was my mic, if it was the laptop or the Zoom call itself, but the audio quality on my end, on the host end, is a little staticky. There's a little bit of reverb. However, I decided not to scrap the podcast because... There's a lot of valuable content to be had in this interview. Daniel shares a lot of useful tips about the art of listening and about his experience in life. So because he talks 85% of the time and I'm only talking 15% of the time, I decided to go ahead and proceed with the episode. And I think since you guys are already listening to it, you should just go ahead and proceed to listening to the full episode as well. Enjoy. My name is Hartley Degador, and you're listening to Wake Up With Wonder Podcast, where my daddy shares with you the gift of wonder. Thank you so much to my beautiful daughter, Hartley, for that lovely introduction. My name is Jason B. Godoy, and I am your host. The mission of the Wake Up With Wonder podcast is to awaken the childlike curiosity of adults, to inspire and create new perspectives that lead to new connections, which ultimately allow us to begin to take immense action and uh, start to work towards what is possible, work towards that something more in life. So that is the mission. Today, you're going to be listening to the Friendly Friday uh, episode, which is a once a month, we sit down the last Friday of the month, and I do an interview with somebody who I feel has personally challenged me to up-level my life, someone who has inspired me, someone who I feel connected to, and someone who I truly just love as a human being. I love their soul. I love their spirit. I love their energy. And I intend to share, to recreate that same experience for you, the listener, to allow you to um, feel connected, to feel a sense of love for this individual. And if you don't, that's okay. But to also allow you to um, feel challenged by them, hopefully, that this message is going to challenge you to up-level your life, to up-level your consciousness. So that's the Friendly Friday intention. If you're a returning listener, thank you for your support. I'm honored uh, that you're back. I appreciate you guys. If you're a new listener... Um, I'm happy to have you here. I'm super excited. You were definitely brought here for a reason, uh, with a purpose. And before we get started with the show, if you're a new listener, even a returning listener, if you haven't done it, I'm going to ask you guys to take a pause and go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss any future episodes. We do weekly episodes as well, along with the monthly interview. And if you want to learn more about the show, you can visit wakeupwithwonder.com. I'm not going to take any more of your time. Well, actually, lastly, if you want to learn about today's guest, uh, Mr. Daniel Levin, you can visit his website as well, www.themosaiconline.com. And with that being said, we're going to get right into this interview. All right, everyone. So this is the Wake Up With Wonder podcast, and I am sitting here very excited for today's interview. Uh, We're going to be speaking with the author of Mosaic. I can't quite call this man a friend because I've only had a couple of conversations with him, but every time I speak with him, I get so much insight and I'm so excited. And uh, this man is wise. 
He's a spiritual leader, a business leader, a connectivity expert, a dad, a husband, a son, and just truly uh, ordinary human, but also a divine soul. He was one day away from being ordained a rabbi. He practiced as a monk for 10 years in a monastery in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains. He played a huge role as the director of business development uh, for Hay House. And a fun fact, he has meditated every single day for the last 45 years consistently. This is Mr. Daniel Levin. Welcome to the show, Daniel. What do you mean you can't quite call me a friend yet? Oh, my God. Oh, you are my friend already. Don't worry. Thank you so much. It's my Beautiful. honor to be here. Thank you. I'm happy to call you a friend. It's my honor. Mine too. So here to talk about wonder, as you know, um, let's start off. If you had to describe wonder in your own words, um, what are a few words that you feel would represent wonder to you? Surprise, um, beautiful beauty, amazement joy, um, spontaneity. Did I say surprise already? Yeah, I think I did. Those, those, are, those are quotes. So if I'm repeating myself, I'm either Alzheimer's kicking in because I'm old, or I just have that. That's still the word that I would use. Testing us. Okay. So all positive words, all positive connotations. In your experience, is there a negative uh, aspect or a negative side to wonder? I can't think of one. I can't, I don't remember an experience of wonder being negative in my life. Let's see, I don't know your life personally, but in my life, whenever there has been a negative experience that left me wondering, uh, when I find the lesson or the revelation in that experience, it truly becomes beautiful, and that's when the wonder can So wondering is different than wonder. Okay. Wonder is that moment of all when you are stricken by the by this realization that oh my god something just happened. Wondering is a trick of the mind that allows you to think and try and make sense of those moments of wonder that tries to rationalize those moments of wonder but that's wondering. The awe of wonder is the miraculous moment where suddenly one thing becomes another thing and you go, whoa, what happened? When one thing becomes another thing. So that shifting moment, that moment where we have a great shift. Yeah, it's a pivot point. Wonder to me is a pivot point because suddenly you see something that you didn't see before. You see something, the same thing that you've always looked at, you suddenly see it differently, and it causes a state of wonder. Hmm. So uh, that pivot point that you're talking about, it actually makes me think of my favorite line in your book, in the mosaic. I'm going to go ahead and share it if you don't mind. I don't mind when at all. Connect to one another. All right. When we connect to one another, something that was not possible even a moment before becomes possible. Impossible becomes possible. Destiny changes. Uh, with that being said, 
how does one make the impossible become possible? So if you look at the world we live in, everybody has an opinion. And most okay. of the time, we we try to become parts of like-minded communities. And those used to be the most beautiful things we could ever have. I remember the first moment years ago when I was alone thinking I was the only crazy guy who thought the way that I thought. And I found another group of people that thought like me. And I went, oh, my God, I think I died and went to heaven. Because there's suddenly people that actually think like me and how comfortable it feels to be in an environment where – I'm not always the odd man out that I was just with these other people and they thought exactly like me. And yet as beautiful as that moment is, it lives its lifetime and then it has to go away. Because when we stay in those communities of like-mindedness where everybody thinks like us and everybody talks like us and everybody believes like us, we have no opportunity anymore to innovate because innovation comes when we start to meet people who think not like us, when we sit with people of unlike minds, when people look at the same exact thing and see something entirely different. And all you have to do is turn on the news on any of the three channels, <laughs> CNN, Fox, and MSNBC, and you see the same exact event broadcast. In an inter- you don't even know they're talking about the same world that we live in, right? What, the perspective is so different. But in those blending of perspectives, if instead of yelling at each other around which one is right and which one is wrong, if we would try and open ourselves up to see the beauty of what everybody is seeing, what is impossible? What is impossible? Impossible, I define impossible as the inability to see a possibility. Okay. Okay. That comes from our like-minded communities. When we open ourselves up to an unlike thought, suddenly the possibility comes in that the way we see things is not the way they are. It's just the way we see things. And suddenly a new point of view allows us suddenly to think, wow, is what was impossible one moment ago now possible because this point of view has shown me something that I never saw before? Maybe, maybe not. But certainly the interplay of of unlike thoughts, unlike minds coming together will open it up so that we will be able to perceive other realities, which may make what we thought one minute ago was impossible, suddenly now possible. So the the power of connection and um, being open and exposing ourselves to, like you said, like minds and but what I also not, heard to, say not was only the like minds, but unlike minds. So, but at some point, once we've achieved the, the impossible, once it's become possible, it no longer serves us in a sense, and we have to continue to make that next pivot to the next impossible moment. So, when we're open to the world around us, for instance. What what's impossible? I always thought it's impossible that the world is speaking to us. But suddenly when I open up the possibility that the world is speaking to us, what do you think the world is saying through global warming? What do you think the world is saying through COVID-19? What do you think the world is saying through the race, pro, the protests that we're having right now around race relationships? What is the world saying? 
what is it saying? We just got news today that we may have to sell our house. So what is what is the news? We could we could get into the point of view where, oh, my God, this is terrible. We love our house. We're comfortable here. We like what's going on. We didn't want to do it. Or we could say, wow, what we could have the wonder of, wow, what does this next moment have in store for us? Like how 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 beautiful that we have an opportunity to, to leave what we know. And go to something that we don't know and, and start and start a new possibility. How beautiful that could be. What might that be like? But when we feel like the world is speaking to us, then everything becomes possible. The gift of wonder. The gift of wonder. So the gift of the gift of listening. Gift of For me, it would be the gift of listening. And that's what I was just going to say. So I'm truly excited because um, I've done four podcast interviews now, and this is the first interview where I don't feel like I'm necessarily sharing the gift of wonder with my audience, but I'm sharing the gift of listening. So, and I would I would welcome you to to wonder if they aren't exactly the same thing. Ooh. Okay. So the the mosaic itself, um, I believe. The message is um, to listen, but it also talks a lot about seeing what you can't see. So is it a, a message of listening or a message of seeing? Or are they one and the same? Just like listening and wonder are one and the same. The message to me of the mosaic is nothing is as it appears to be. So that means what you see is not what you see. What you hear is not what is. What what you think is not what is is not what is. When I sat in the mosaic, when I sat and I met the, the so, so let me just backtrack. The mosaic's a story about a boy who loses his parents two years apart on the same day. And when he asks the adults where his parents are, the, the adults tell him they're in a place called heaven. So as a young boy, he sets out in search of the place called heaven. And he thinks the people that he meets will be the spiritual leaders, the rabbis and the priests and the ministers and the medicine men and the swamis and the gurus and the aborigines are, are, elders and he thinks that he'll meet the the medicine the medicine plant medicine people all those things he thinks is what he'll meet what he meets is the road worker and the trash man and 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 the uh, blind woman and the homeless guy and the waitress and the gardener and the juice man and he wonders why am i meeting these people how are they going to show me heaven what are they going to these aren't the people that i thought were going to show me heaven nothing extraordinary about them no, they're just ordinary, common, ordinary people. So what, what will they teach me he was a little bit of a snob. And he came in with a preconceived notion. And he heard a voice inside of him say, okay, that's fine. But just since you're here, why don't you sit with them for a few minutes and just listen to the stories that they tell you? And mm-hmm. in 100% of the cases, Jason, when he sat with them and he listened to them tell their stories... What he realizes the person he initially saw wasn't at all the person that they are. He didn't see them. He saw what he saw them to be. And when it happened over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, suddenly it made him start to think, I wonder if I see the world the way it is or if I see the world the way I am. And I wonder what the world would look like if I could see it the way it is, not the way I am. And at that moment, he looked over to his right and he saw a monk unzipping the sky and welcoming and, and inviting him into a parallel reality. And behind that parallel reality was the wise one who was the keeper of the mosaic. 
I'm going to pause there so that the people listening might have a trailer to a movie that might encourage them to go out and buy the book because I would like them to buy the book, not because of the money that I make from it. That would also be fun to have, but we don't make that much from it. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to allow people to get a perspective shift. What would happen if the world that you see is just that, the world you see? What would happen if instead of speaking so much, we were to listen more? What would we hear in the silence? And I myself had a big problem because look how much I'm talking even now. You would think a guy who talks about listening would be listening. But my inner voice said to me, right? I mean, right? Why am I talking so much? So I had a big conflict with my own messaging. And And I sat in the quiet of my own soul and I asked the question, why, if you want me to give a message of listening, are you, am, am I talking so much? And my soul said back to me something really beautiful. It said, Danny, the listening that I'm asking you to do is not with your ears. It's with your heart and soul. And in order to hear people's hearts and souls, and in order for them to feel safe enough to let you hear their heart and soul, What you have to do is occupy their mind with nice words. You have to get their mind engaged in a conversation with you where they're listening to you, where they're hearing you, where they're thinking about what you're saying so that it doesn't interrupt the feeling of the work of the transmission of the heart and the soul, which is happening right now in this podcast. So I want to invite your listeners not only to listen to the words that I'm saying, but to try and feel what's happening within their own being. Do they feel a shift? Do they feel anything going on? This message resonates with them and yeah. how their body responds to it, how they're being response. But even more than so the message of the word, even more than the message of the words, there's subtle adjustments that are being made in the frequency of people's hearts and souls. And that's what we're working on right now. Yes. Yes. And, one of those subtle adjustments comes through love. Um, as I read this book, I couldn't help but feel like it was a little bit of a love story. Of course. Um, in what ways do you feel like the mosaic is a love story? How would you describe that? The love of a boy for his parents. I, I, that I, I, the feeling of the love of a parent for their child. I, I, I lost my parents myself two years apart on the same day. And I was 13 when my dad passed away and 15 when my mom passed away. And that day was the 4th of July, which I thought would meant that they were giving me a message of be independent. It wasn't until about three years ago that I realized that they were, they died on the 4th of July. They weren't born. The message was independence is death, not life. And I had built up my whole life around this idea of having to be independent. And I built my life on the wrong thing. It got me finally to where I, where I was, but it was only through the mosaic that I got that. So, so it's a message of love of self to give yourself the sense that it's okay to make all the mistakes that you're going to make. You're going to make tons of them. Just get back up again. Just keep walking. Just let, let, let the universe and the world love you enough to speak to you and love it enough to listen to it. It's the story of the love of, of, a, of a man to the flower girl. It's a story of an unrequited love, of a love that wasn't allowed, where, where it was told, and destiny told it that it could not happen. 
impossible kind of love. It was an impossible love. It was the right, right love at the wrong time and destiny had told it that it couldn't happen. And the power of that love to rewrite destiny so that it does happen. In every single way, it's the, it's the love of being kind enough and generous enough to just sit with a stranger and listen to their story because Jason, every single one of us, Wants one, wants one thing to life. We want to be loved and accepted. We want to be listened to and heard. We want to be acknowledged and validated. And it's the love of being able to just simply do that for another human being. So everywhere you look in the mosaic, it's a love story. It's a powerful love story. So this message of self-love, you actually took it a step further and you made it into an actionable, um, accountable challenge and i participated in this challenge last month um i found it to be very challenging the be kind to you challenge um basically do you want to explain how this challenge works to the listeners so i created a little uh, there we go i created a little bracelet you can see it right there it says be kind to you the idea is you wear it for 21 you wear it until you can have 21 consecutive days of being kind to yourself and what you do is you wear, you put it on one wrist. So I'm going to put it on my left wrist to start. So I put it on my left wrist and I keep it on my left wrist until I realize that I've done something that hasn't been kind to myself. I might've put myself down with my words, with my eating, with my behavior, with my, the way I responded to something. And as soon as I realize I've done that, I take it off of my left wrist and I put it onto my right wrist. And I start again. And now I start again at day one and it's on my right wrist. It took me four months to get through the first first day of being kind to myself. It took me nine months to get through 21 consecutive days. Wow. So it's because, a special challenge, but it brings a lot of awareness. Yeah. The, um, the, my experience. Yeah, the last month, I uh, I think I made it about four days out of the whole month consecutively. For the most part, I was only going one or two days at a time. But I, you say in your book, on the back of it, it talks about um, in order to change the story of our lives, we can change. There's a, a special sequence, which we'll touch on. We can change the thoughts or we can change the words that make up the stories. So as I was doing this challenge, I actually noticed it was forcing me to start thinking about the words that I'm saying to other people. So I took hate out of my vocabulary last month. Um, anytime I told someone or something, I hated it. Um, it was a form of self-harm. Um, so just one powerful example of how this challenge impacted me. I want to share. With you. Very powerful. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah. I Somehow in the process of the mosaic, I, a, a theory, a, a formula came to me. And it was that our thoughts mm-hmm. become our words, our words create our stories, and our stories become our life. And so if you're looking at a section of your life or anything that's going on in your life and you're not happy with it, you can either change your stories, your words, or your thoughts. Anything that you change will change everything else in the equation. If you change your thoughts, your words will be different, your th- stories will be different, your life will be different. If you change your life, you- It'll, it'll work backwards. Um, so when we see, we don't have to sit in the life that we have 
we can there there are a million other possibilities out there a million different perspectives a million why is seeing what we don't see so important because as long as we see only what we see we'll continue to live only the way we're living but there are millions of possibilities for us to live another way of life and all we have to do is see those other perspectives it's beautiful. It's not as easy as it sounds, but hopefully reading this book, some people will start to understand how easy it really is. So it's the simplest, it's the simplest thing in the whole world. It, it really say is. It again? Let it, um, I was going to say back to one, but to touch on what you said, it is the simplest thing in the whole world. Although letting go might be just as simple from what I've learned. Yeah. Be, simple doesn't mean it's easy. But what right. the fact that it's not easy should never influence whether we do something or not. I mean, the, the, what should influence what we want to do is do we want it or not? If we want it, then we'll do whatever it takes to get it. If we don't want it, no, nah, it's too hard. I'm, I really don't want it. It's funny that you said that. Last month, um, the interview I had, it was called the You Are Your Commitment, and the the guest, the speaker, he was talking about how he is his commitment. He's not tied to his results. He's tied to his um, the power of showing up every day and the power of chasing what he wants. And uh, as long as he is intentional about doing that and consistent, then that's how he makes the impossible possible, by being tied to the commitment. So I love that, and I would refine it from my perspective just so people can see different perspectives. I don't think I don't think we have to chase anything. I think everything we want is right in front of us, wanting to come inside of us. All we have to do is receive it. There is no there is no war going on. There's no battle. There is no contemplation. There is no I have to get something. I have to find it. I have to look for it. I have to search for it. I have to want it. It's all right here. All we have to do is let go of everything that keeps us from coming to us, which is all of our preconceived notions, all of our limiting beliefs, all of the ways that we think we're right or wrong, all the things we think about ourselves that we don't want to change. Perfect case in point. We got a, we got a message that we're probably going to have to sell our house, just like I was talking about this morning. Yeah. One thing could say, no, I don't want to do that. We're comfortable here. We like it. We've been living here a long time. We're close to the ocean. We don't want to lose that. We don't want to have any of that. All of a sudden, what is really trying to happen? Maybe there's something that we're trying to be given that is so much greater than anything that we've ever thought was possible before. They tell the story of a man who went to heaven and he was led by one of the saints around heaven. And he took him to the heavenly junkyard. And he said, all the things in this junkyard are things that we tried to give to people, but they didn't want. And in the junkyard was this incredible uh, BMW, state-of-the-art BMW. All the bells and whistles were on it. It was just the most beautiful machine you could ever imagine. And the man walking with him said, who in the world wouldn't want that? And the, and the saint said to him, isn't that interesting? Of all the peop- things that you should ask about, that was what we were trying to give to you, and you didn't want that. And he said, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I would have loved that. He said, yeah, but all the time you were praying for a, for a Volkswagen. And we tried to give you this, but you wanted Volkswagen, 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 Volkswagen is what you said. So we had to give you a Volkswagen. So this came to the heavenly junkyard. What would happen if we allowed ourselves to be given what the universe wants to give us? 
rather than thinking we know better or we're more powerful or we're in control or we'll take care of it or we'll do it for ourselves. Just relax. Let the universe take care of you. So what would happen? So our inability to just simply be and to listen and to openly receive from the universe is potentially robbing us of so many blessings and so many new opportunities, including myself. Yes, so many of us so many of us are givers. We love to give. So many of us suck at receiving. The world wants to give back. When we get when we give and we don't receive, the cycle doesn't continue. We need to have the generosity of giving and the generosity of receiving. Because when we are, when we are generous and allow something to give to us, we allow the generosity of giving to be someone else's. And we can just, then the energy builds and then it creates this momentum that keeps going and going. But when we give and don't receive, it just stays right here. Doesn't, doesn't ever mm, get momentum. That's interesting. Yeah, it's all balance and traction and momentum. So back to wonder, Daniel. I think I may know the answer to this question, but I don't know your life. So um, I'm interested to see. Was there ever a point in time where you personally lost your sense of wonder? Um, I think most moments of most days, I live without a sense of wonder because I sort I sort of lived in what it becomes a um, expected reality. Wonder, wonder for me is why I say it's a surprise and it's beautiful is because it's those exceptional moments where I get outside of thinking the way I normally think. And I allow this beautiful gift to be given to me that says, wow, look at that. Where did that come from? How did that happen? But when I take control of my life, like I normally do, which I'm giving up more and more and more now as I get older, because I don't like where the control of my life has taken me. I, I allow something else to come in and I, and I just can't believe it because there's a part of me that does look, I tell people over and over again, God will take care of you. Don't worry. Just know that you'll be taken care of by a universal force, that it's good, that we live in a benevolent world, that it'll be taken care of you. But over and over again, as much as I say that, I'm saying it to myself, and I don't believe it. That's why I say it so much. And so suddenly now when I start to say, wow, I wonder what would happen if I allowed God to take care of me. I watch things come out of nowhere. People come into my life that I never had. There's no way in the whole world I would have met. People come up and want to work with me or do things with me or, 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 or join in the programs of what I'm doing from nowhere. I have no idea where they even came from. Because there's something that knows better than me. The concept of paranoia, the universe working in your favor. Yeah, the universe is working in your favor. It's beautiful. So you said that you lose your sense of wonder on the daily. That was what you said. And then you're working towards getting it um, back by experiencing those moments of beauty throughout the day. Is there an action or a physical step that you take to, to transition that gap from not having wonder to experiencing beauty and wonder in your days? No. Um, uh, I am not a conscious one. I think that 
to me, wonder has nothing to do with the actions that I do. And that might be a, we might agree to disagree on that because you may believe that you can bring wonderment into your life. Um, I don't, I believe that, um, I believe that we believe that we're way more important in this process than we are. And, and Agreed. in, in the beautiful, in the beautiful surrender of self into the infinite, there is no longer a place where I do anything that brings anything. All I have to do is be open to receive. The only thing that I can ever do is just empty myself more so that more flow can come in. If that's wonderment, maybe, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's wonderment or not. Maybe it is, but um, to think that I do something to bring something to something is to me just an inflated ego again. It's me thinking that I'm bigger than I am or more important than I am. And I just don't think I'm that important. I don't think anybody gives a damn, especially me and God. But I do think that I do think that there is this beautiful universal force that I'm a part of. That when I accept being a part of that force and I just flow with it, there's nothing but wonderment. What I'm saying to you is, even though I know that, even though I love it, even though I seek it, I'm scared to death of it. Because what happens to me in that flow? Who is this person that I call me? Where does he go? In the mosaic, I had an experience. When I met the, when I went through the, through the, uh, unzipped sky and I met the parent and met the wise one and he's, and he's, and he popped me on the head and gave me an experience of the unity of the mosaic of all the pieces. And I felt the, the, uh, several times I felt the unity of what it is not to be in this body, but to be in everybody, to not know the difference between past, present and future, to not know whose body I was supposed to be moving, to not know if I was the inhalation or the exhalation or the breath or the inhaler or the exhaler. I, I was all of it. And the fear that came at a moment when I said, whoa, where, like, what's going to happen? My wife's going to come home. Will I be dead on the floor? Like, what, what happened to this vehicle brought me right back. And in the story of the mosaic, I ended up laying on the floor next to the, next to the street artist who just happened to be putting together pieces of a mosaic on, as a street art. And he asked me what, do these pieces, what do you see when you look at these pieces? And I was so transfixed with the experience I had. I said, I don't know. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, well, most people just see broken pieces. What do you see? I said, I see broken pieces too. He said, really, are you going to tell me you were just with the mosaic maker? You just experienced the completeness of the whole world. And you're going to tell me when you look at these pieces, you see broken pieces. I said, I, I can just tell you, I can't see it. I can't see anything. Tell me what you see. He said, I see amazing stories because all these pieces tell amazing stories of what their life used to be. And what we're doing is we're bringing all those stories together to create one piece of artwork that is called the mosaic. And in that, in that oneness, all the stories, all the stories merge into one story. That's what we need in our world today. We need this. We need the beauty 
of the stories of the world merging together, all the stories that you think and all the stories that I think, all the differences that we feel in a mosaic, very rarely do all the pieces come side to side. Sometimes they're just corner to corner, Yes. which means, which means most of what you believe and most of what I believe, we don't, we disagree on, but there's enough here at this corner that continue, that makes the continuation of the mosaic whole. And that's all we need. We need to find that one area of similarity with each other that will allow us to come and unite this world together rather than all the differences that we that we have to keep us apart. So there's that one connection is all it takes to unite us and listening is how we can get to that point. Deep listening. Yeah, I, the, the sort of theory that I want to create is peace, P-E-A-C-E by peace, P-I-E-C-E, that we create peace by peace, that our peace comes by connecting just the pieces of the together. And when we connect the pieces, we get peace. When we connect P-I-E-C-E, we get P-E-A-C-E. Just that sim- simple. Yeah, very simple. So when was the last time that you were totally in a state of wonder? Do you recall? Um, this morning. May I ask how so or why? Uh, I sat with all the changes that are going on in my life, and I just closed my eyes. And I heard this beautiful voice speaking to me and that was giving me such a beautiful sense of peace and saying, no matter what happens to you, the image that I got was one that I get often. It's that I'm in the hand of God, whether that hand is reaching up here to the sky and showing me a vision of what's the view like from here, or whether it's tying my shoes down here and it's at the bottom of the barrel. It doesn't matter. I'm still in the hands of God. Everything about where I am is in his hands. I haven't, that hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is the view that I have. I see. And, and so I just had the sense that you are so completely taken care of. Why do you worry? Powerful, very powerful. So I'm trying to achieve that feeling myself through meditation daily. My first experience with you, Danny, or Daniel, so the listeners have some context. On that phone call, you challenged me, and you kind of rocked my world. You suggested that I swipe left on life, um, metaphorically and literally. Um, You suggested that I possibly walk away from my job, I drop the podcast, I leave my community, or the community of the podcast, and I just focus on myself, my children, my grandmother, and you implied that everything I needed and wanted would come from within in me, kind of how we've been talking about right now during this conversation. Uh, It was definitely frightening, definitely unsettling, but it was a gift. It was a blessing. It forced me to spend time alone, to experience many moments of wonder since that conversation, to uh, reevaluate my priorities, my values, um, my energies, where I'm getting my, my energies to. So I thank you for that gift. I thank you for that blessing, that conversation. I honor you for it. 
my question though is if I was simply to drop everything or if just if anyone was to simply drop everything and one of the members of my community, <clears throat> Carlos actually asked this, how would we know when to pick things back up from a business perspective? Because he's a businessman. So the purpose of dropping things is not to not have anything. Okay. The purpose of drop, like I'm a big guy. So I walk through crowded rooms and I knock stuff over all the time. Um, it's the purpose of why I live my life, honestly. My goal is to come into a person's life and, and, and turn over the table. But it isn't because the table's supposed to be empty. It's because we need to make a decision every moment of every day. What do we want to have on our table now? And what I find in a lot of people's lives, myself included, there's a lot of stuff on my table that's 100 years old. There are a lot of beliefs yeah. that no longer fit me. There are a lot of thoughts that are not real but are made up stories. There are a lot of things that are going on, emotions that I feel that have no, that are not real to the emotion of the moment, but are just things that I used to think about that I used to feel, and, I, and, I'm, and they make me scared. So what? Let's knock those things off, and let's start to say, what do I feel? What do I think? How do I want to be today? And whatever pieces are on the floor that are in sync with who I, we are in this moment, pick them up. You don't have to know when to pick them up. They will, you will, they will come to you. Again, look how much we value our own self. We think we're in control. All we have to do is allow ourselves to be emptied out and be filled. The only decision we have to make is to allow ourselves to receive rather than taking control of our life all the time. Like, how will I know when to do this? How will I know how to do that? What would I know with peeps to go? What do I know? You don't have to know. It's all in hands that are bigger than ours. So if you receive, then you will, you will. It's beautiful. Just make room in yourself. Make room in yourself to to receive something new. The reason I knock over the table yeah, is because you. the table's full with all of these things that don't allow anything new to come in. One thing I noticed when you knock over the table, uh, there was things on the table that I couldn't even see until they were on the floor, and I found that really really interesting. Um, so at that point, I, I kind of knew which things to pick up and which things not to pick up. But yeah. I see the importance of knocking over our table because there's stuff there that we can't even see. It just becomes invisible after a while. Empty glasses. We live a cluttered life. Invisible silverware. Yeah. Our life is cluttered with all sorts of invisible things that we don't even know we believe anymore. I tell the story sometimes on a podcast that people used to think I was from New York. And so at one point I made up a story that I said, yeah, my mom for a very short period of time moved with us to Soho. When Soho really was Soho, there were so many hoes there that they called it Soho. And there were crack needles on the ground and there were hoes all, all around us. And, and I told that story maybe for about 10 or 15 years until one time in the middle of that story, I said, what the hell am I talking about? My mom never did that. We never lived in Soho. We never even did it. But I told it to myself so many times that it actually became part of one of my talking points that I talked about. 
Well, how many other talking points do we have in our heads that didn't even happen, that aren't even real? I have millions of them. My dad passed away passed away when I was a kid. He passed away while I was away at camp. I told him that I would wake up the morning before he was going to leave. About three days before I went to camp, he was going on a sales trip. And I told him, don't worry, I'll wake up and I'll see you before you go. He said, I said, what time are you leaving? He said, I'm leaving at four o'clock, Danny, just sleep. I'll say goodbye to you now. I love you and we'll see you on visitor's day. I said, dad, come on, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to see you. Well, four o'clock came and went and I was still sleeping. And he didn't want to wake me up, so he just left without me seeing him. He passed away before visitor's day. I made up a story that I believed for probably 25 years that if I would have woken up that morning, he wouldn't have passed away making love to my mom four weeks later, having nothing to do with whether I woke up to see him or not. But the power of my story was I didn't want to live in a random world where my hero could be taken from me for seemingly no reason. I would way rather live in a world where I blamed myself for something that I did, which was the reason why he passed away, which made more sense to me and would make that world livable, that there was a cause and effect reality because I was scared to death to live in the random world that that's without that story I had. But there was no truth to the story. There was nothing there that was real, but it affected every relationship I had for 25 years. Those are the stories that we want to bump off our table. And they're cluttered up under other stories, under other stories, under other stories. We've built foundations and houses and cities on foundations that are false foundations. We have to let it all fall down and rebuild the foundations on strong foundations, on foundations of what really is. That, that's the mosaic. It's connect. It's disconnecting from the pieces that no longer fit in your life and connecting to the pieces that are your life, that will take you to where you need to go, that will do for you where you what you want them to do and need them to do. We got to get rid of all the crap that's sitting there blocking that from happening. It's, it's powerful um, that you use the example of your father passing away. It reminded me of a personal example. Um, I live with my grandmother. I take care of her. She has Alzheimer's. I support her. Um, her son, my dad, his father passed away when he was 15. And I always heard the story that his father passed away in his arms. And recently, um, meditating and talking to my grandmother, um, I got the real story that, well, what I thought was the real story he passed away in my grandmother's arms um and then i keep searching for the truth and i and i keep trying to find more and i find out that uh my uncle is the one who was actually with my grandfather when he passed away and my grandmother was not in the room my dad wasn't even home but they both felt so guilty like you said that they created a story um about how he died and how their role in it And even to this day, I can see the disconnect that that story has created um, in the relationship between my dad and my grandmother. And it's, it's amazing that that relation that I just had from that. Yeah. And those are, and that's those, that story, powerful, powerful story, my story, powerful story, but none of them make sense until they become your stories. Until you dismantle the stories that you are telling yourself that you believe about yourself that just simply are not true. That's the beauty of the whole journey of Mo meeting right. all and these even, ordinary people 
and seeing them one way and then sitting with them and hearing their stories and hearing that they're not all who they think they we thought they were. What would we see if we could get out of our own way and see what's there, not what is? Swipe left. Everything. See it again, swipe left again. See it again, swipe left again. Rinse and repeat. Just keep doing it until you get to something that won't move. Powerful. So now I know you have an upcoming um, venture, upcoming journey. And another question from the community around the podcast. Someone asked, how do you decide or like what do you look for when you're deciding on joining and starting a new venture? What do you look for? Um, you <laughs> I love all your questions, but they all come from the, the for me, they, I, I see it in a, in a completely different perspective. We, I don't do things because I'm looking for something to do. I, I do things because there's no way I can stop what's being given to me to do. And when you sit in the quiet, of your own soul, you will hear a rumbling. You will hear something that is awakened in you that if you, be careful because you need courage to stand up to it. You're going to, it's not going to, it's not going to be all, all rose, rose buds and, and rose petals lining your way many of the time. Sometimes it will be, sometimes it'll be the most enjoyable, simplest thing, but I don't believe my life is around doing what I thought I should do or searching for what my purpose is. My purpose was handed to me and now it's just a matter of fulfilling it. Me fighting it most of the time and saying, I don't want to. And it said, I don't really give a darn. And just having the courage to stand up to do what you've been asked to do. We don't have to search for these things. We don't have to look for them. We just have to shut up and listen and allow ourselves. So we all have our purpose. Deep inside and all of us. Go deep. We just have to let it come yeah, to us. It's beautiful. Yeah, I, I agree. I've, so the more I do daily journaling and daily meditation, um, I start to clean every day. And the more I can feel that purpose rising up, I can I can get clear on, on the purpose. And um, not really get clear like mentally, but get clear in my heart and align with my heart and my mind. Whereas before there was no alignment at all. And as soon as you think you know what that purpose is, swipe left again. Okay, because always invite it to be more than you think it is. Okay. So do you want to talk about this upcoming journey that you have? I'm quite intrigued about this collective conscious uh, mosaic, conscious idea that you have going on. Yeah, I, I don't know even anymore if it will happen. It was, it, I was set out, I was thinking, um, before COVID-19, I had made a line in the sand date of May 1st that I was going to set out. Um, and I was going to go from town to town, village to village, city to city. And I was going to sit on street corners, government offices, college universities, libraries, cafes, homeless shelters. And I was just going to sit with people and I was going to ask them, 
if they had something that they wanted to share with the world, what would they want to say? When they look out the world, that the world that they see, what is the one thing that they would, are they happy with the world they see? Would they like to hand this world over to their children and their children's children? And most of the time, what I get is not this world, but I see the potential for another world that's there that I would really like to, to, ha- to give to people. And I ask them, well, okay, so what would you suggest that people do? What's one thing you would suggest people could do, would do? And one of the people that I asked that to was a, was a friend of mine who's now become a friend of mine who is a homeless man who sits on a street corner in San Diego. And I sat with him, and for the first little while when I sat with him, he said, this is my corner, get away from me. You know, this is I, like, the, I, 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 this, I own this corner. And I said, dude, don't worry. Totally I'm not going to, I'm not going to take anything. In fact, anything that you make while I'm here, I'll 10 times it. So you just, you just know you're going to like, we're going to try and bring energy to you. We're going to try and give you money. I'm going to leave you with you with way more than you, you have in your hat. Don't worry. And over the course of about an hour, it took about an hour for him to just relax. Over the course of an hour, I said to him, Corey, you see people passing you all the time on the street. They're racing from one place to another. You have, the, you have the beauty of just sitting here. What's one thing you would like to tell this world? And he said, Danny, I wouldn't, without even missing a breath, he knew exactly what he wanted to say. He said, Danny, I would invite each person to stop and meet somebody they don't know for the first time and spend 10 minutes with them and just ask them how they are. Don't try and fix them. Don't try and change them. Don't try and correct them. Don't try and help them. Just listen to their answer. And I said, Corey, of all the things you could have asked for, why do you ask for that? Like, that's a great thing. What a beautiful thing to say. But you could have asked for money. You could have asked for food. You could have asked for shelter. You could have asked for all sorts of things. Why that? He said about three months ago, um, it was, it's, it's not nice to be a homeless guy most days. But three months ago, there was a day where it was really not nice. People walked by, they punched me, they kicked me, they yelled at me, they spit on me, they they beat me up, they threw stuff wow. at me. And he said, I just thought, like, what am I doing in this world? I'm not giving, there's no joy that I have from the life that I'm living. And I'm, and I'm not doing anything to help other people. So when it gets dark, I'm going to go around the corner where the street is more is empty and I'm just going to take my life. And not two minutes after I had that thought, a man came and put his hand on my shoulder and said to, said to me, brother, how you doing? And he said, I broke, I lost it. I, I looked him in the eye and I started just crying. I said, I'm not doing so well, sir. And the man just sat down next to me. And he said, it's okay. I'm here. Just talk to me. He didn't try and change me. He didn't try and fix me. He just held me and listened to me. He said, Danny, you know, it only took about 10 minutes. 10 minutes is a long time when someone really just listens to you. And in 10 minutes, I felt better. And I realized I couldn't take my life anymore because somebody cared enough about me to just pause from the course of their day, sit with me, listen to me, love me and care for me. That man has no idea that he saved my life that day. Corey has no idea that his story has touched millions and millions of people's lives through podcasts, interviews, through radio, through talks that I give, through presentations that I have, where I tell his story every single time. He has no idea the impact that he had on me and his story has on millions of people now. 
But that was what motivated me to go on this trip between him and the thought of, and, and my daughter, a developmentally delayed girl who doesn't know how to speak and can't speak like you and I speak. So when she speaks and people don't understand her, she yells. When she yells and she's not understood, she tantrums. And when she tantrums and she doesn't understand, she attacks. She tries to bite or, or, or rip their shirt. Until one day when I said to her, Alisa, I love you more than you could ever imagine. What is it you're trying to say? Tell me without words. And she went like this. She said, I am daddy. And I said, what the hell do you mean you are? And she pointed to her, to her head. She was putting thoughts into my head. And I said, you little son of a gun, have you been putting thoughts into my head all this time? And she started laughing hysterically. We went from rage to hysterical laughter, contagious, where we left for about five or 10 minutes. And you know, Jason, from that moment on, she never yelled, she never tantrumed, she never screamed again. Because now she knew that I knew how to understand her. We all want so desperately to be listened to and heard. We all want so desperately to be loved and accepted. We all want so desperately to be acknowledged and validated. And so leave it to the universe to allow a developmentally delayed girl, a homeless man, and a mosaic to change my life. That was why I was going to set out on the road. But there may be ways to do it now that are different. I may be able to do it through inner, through uh, virtual stuff. But I still want to get out there. It's just my my when I listen to my body, my body is sore. My body is aching. My body's old. I have tons of pain in my body. And my body's saying, really, you're going to go out there and do this. I don't know. So we'll just see. We'll see what happens. But COVID-19 came. And, and put a uh, bump into my plans because I was going to leave. Uh, it sounds first. like you're at that. Sounds like you're at that point of shift where what uh, is no longer was, and there's some new possibilities arising. Yeah, you, I, I think you. I, for me, I think I always have to listen. Like it yeah. was. It was. I love the idea of going out on the road. I I love it. The question is, is that what I'm supposed to do now? If it is, I'm. More, I can't wait. I'm ready to go. Just listen. When you were talking about your daughter and how she <clears throat> was sending messages through her mind, your mind, and once you were able to listen and receive, it changed the game for you. I was wondering or had me wondering how long, do you have any idea how long she had been trying to send you those messages and trying to get you to listen that way that you hadn't been listening? Because that's what's happening in our world right now. She, she's 30 years old for 15 of those years. She was, she had been having tantrums and, and attacking over the course of 15 years of that period of time, sometimes as many as three to four, 10 times a day, not every day, but over the course of 15 years, most many days. And I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't understand it. But here's the amazing thing, Jason, what I realized is the way she acts is the way everybody that I, that I, interact with acts. I work with government officials. Government officials act the same way. I work with CEOs of companies, the CEOs and, and their, and their uh, uh, people that work for them act the same way. Schools act the same way. Medical profession acts the same way. And, uh, uh, b- business acts the same way. Look what's happening with the, with the protesting in America right now around race. Race is acting the same way. When people speak and they don't get heard, they yell. When they yell and they don't get heard, they create scenes. That's what's happening with the protests that's going on. When they don't get heard through the scenes that they create, they create violence. 
That's why it's, that's why someone will blow up a building because terrorists blow up a building, not because they just want to blow up a building and they think how fun it is to kill people. It's because they, they've been speaking. No one listens to them. They've been yelling. No one listens to them. They've told, they've made threats. No one listens to them. And so they say, okay, then let's do this. And when you can retrofit it back to the simplest, most easy practice you could ever, ever do is just spend time and listen to what they want to say. In the 65 years that I've been alive, not one person has ever said to me, Danny, I want you to agree with me. When I've listened to them and they felt heard, when I loved them and they felt accepted, when I validated and acknowledged them and they felt validated, they didn't care what I believed. I have friends that have some of the most wild beliefs you could ever imagine. I would never believe what they believe but I love them to death and they love me to death. And we just agree on that area. We don't agree. That doesn't mean we don't love each other. So um, it's almost like our ability to listen and to understand new perspectives it expands our ability and our capacity to love in a sense. It makes love possible because if all we do is love sense. the people who think like us, because that's all our capacity is, we're going to love a very small amount of people. And we pride ourselves on how much we love because we love this small group of people. And aren't we great for loving this group of people? And Democrats think, aren't we great because we're just great and we're the ones that are fixing everything. And Republicans say, aren't we great because we're fixing everything and they hate each other. Well, that's not the United States of America. That wasn't the world that we brought in, we were brought into, the world that we were meant to create. We were meant to create a United States. What does that mean? There is no separation. There are no silos. There are no like-minded communities. There's just open fields where we come together and we discuss things. And we listen to each other. And we, and we, and we accept the, the, the thoughts that other people have. Because in the understanding of both sides will be an understanding of a new way of doing things, which our world desperately needs. Our systems are no longer working. Our ideas aren't giving us the results that we want. Our, our organizations are crumbling we need innovation right now, and innovation comes from an unlike-minded community. It comes from new ideas, fresh ideas, different ideas, innovative ideas, not from the same old, same old that everybody, like if we can only get you to believe like us, we'll be, how boring would that world be? It'd be boring. It'd be miserable. No wonder at all. No wonder at all. So I think we're wrapping up here, uh, Danny. Um, we, we learn how to make the impossible possible um, through listening and seeing new perspectives. We learn how to connect deeper, how to make love possible. If there's one trait that you would want to be known for after your time on this earth was complete, what is that one trait? I wanted to think, because the answer was so quick, I wanted to make sure it was still the answer and just not the quick answer. Um, but the answer is the answer. I want to be known as someone who brought on a revolution of listening. That we, that we got to the place where we as a civilization saw how beautiful the practice of listening is saw how beautiful it was when we could love and accept another human being just as they are. When we could listen to the world and the environment. You think we're in global warming? You don't think it's trying to say something to us? 
You don't think COVID-19 is trying to say something to us? You don't think the incidences that are happening in our life on a daily basis are trying to say something to us? You don't think the pain in my body is trying to say something to me? You don't think the relationship I have with my wife is trying to say something to me? You don't think the tensions that exist in the world around us are trying to say to me? If we don't listen, it will escalate up the Elisa scale of escalation. It'll speak to us, it'll yell, it'll create havoc, and it'll destroy. We don't have to let it destroy. Just if we listen to every single thing that goes on in our lives, our environment, our friends, our business, our associates, when was the last time in your business you went and spoke to the person that is packing your goods? When's the last time you spoke to the janitor? When's the last time you spoke to the person that was cleaning the toilets? When was the last time you spoke to the, to the person that was picking up your mail and, and organizing your mail? When was the last time you spoke to your marketing department? When was the last time you spoke to to the newest hire and said to them what do you see here that i don't see you have fresh set of eyes tell me what you see because i want to hear what i want to hear what you hear when we listen the world becomes so rich and so multi-dimensional and so much more texture and so much more fascinating and 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 the ability to change from what we see to what we don't see the ability to make the impossible possible suddenly becomes our reality. Who knows what will happen? Sounds wonderful. I, I believe we're on the right path to uh, creating this legacy of deep listening. And Thank you. I, any way I can support you in furthering this mission and uh, leaving that legacy, Danny, I, I'm definitely more than happy to support. I love that. Thank you so much. I, and I look forward to figuring out how we do that together. Sounds good, Danny. I look forward to keeping in touch, and I'm glad to call you a friend. Me too. My right, brother. Thank Have you. Full day. Thank you so Thanks. much. God bless. Honor it. You as well. Bye. All right. So there you have it. That was the interview with Mr. Daniel Levin. And if you want to learn more about Daniel, if you want to learn more about his book, The Mosaic, if you want to learn about the journey that he's going to may or may not be taking here coming up shortly. Uh, if you want to learn about his concept of swarm theory and the col- mosaic collective consciousness, which we did not talk too much about in today's episode. And if you want to learn about the Be Kind to You challenge, which I highly recommend, everybody head over to his website, www.themosaiconline.com. And you can learn about all that stuff there. You can get his social media handles. Don't worry about spelling. I'll link it in the show notes, themosaiconline.com. And I highly recommend everybody take the Be Kind to You challenge. It's like a $5 little plastic bracelet. As Daniel said, you swipe it from wrist to wrist. And it really helped me be aware, be conscious, and change thought patterns around my behaviors and define what uh, love loving myself really is so head over to his website take that challenge and for those of you who are in the wonders and friends closed uh, private community that is going to be the challenge that we're going to do collectively for the month of july upcoming so get excited uh, get ready and i challenge you guys to be kind to yourself for 21 days but thanks guys for listening if you're a, a regular listener, a regular supporter of the Wake Up With, With Wonder podcast, I value your time. 
I appreciate you guys. I appreciate all the support. And in order to continue to spread the gift of wonder, all you have to do is share this with a friend if it impacted you, if the message was uh, relevant, if it resonated with you. Share it on social media. You can mention myself at Jason B. Godoy. You can hashtag wake up with wonder. And uh, I truly hope that today's message uh, did impact you, did strike a chord because I felt it was a very timely uh, message for the place that we are in as a society, uh, collectively, truly the place that we're in as the whole world, this place of division, division through hate, division through greed, division through fear. Um, and it's not, it's not okay. It's not acceptable. And we can't fight hate with hate. Uh, we need to call for unity and really the best way to, to combat that and to create unity, to create connection is through listening, through wonder, uh, through love. So just take 10 minutes out of your day and truly listen to someone deeply, someone who may not normally have a chance to speak, whose voice is never heard, and allow them to see allow them to feel valued, to feel heard, to feel seen, and to feel loved, and um, just see the difference that you can make in their life, but not only the uh, also the difference that they're going to make in your life. I learn that every time I deeply listen to somebody uh, who doesn't have the opportunity to share their voice very often. There's a true gift to be found in those kinds of conversations. So thank you for supporting the movement. Thank you for supporting the podcast, the the Mosaic book. Thank you for loving yourself. I appreciate it. And if you haven't already subscribed, please hit the subscribe button right now so that you can uh, get upcoming future episodes. And I look forward to talking to you on the next episode of the Wake Up With Wonder podcast. I look forward to connecting with you guys over on social media. You can learn more about the podcast at wakeupwithwonder.com. I hope you guys have a wonderful uh, rest of your day, a powerful day. I love you guys. I see you. I hear you. And I honor you guys for taking the time to listen and making a commitment to improve your lives and to um, upgrade, uplevel your consciousness. So thank you guys. Talk to you next week.